Hello and welcome again to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Sig Daddy, and it is my first ever retro pay-per-view review today. It will be the Money in the Bank pay-per-view from 2010, the inaugural Money in the Bank pay-per-view. But before I get to that, but before I get to that, I hope you all are staying healthy out there, staying safe during this uh, interesting time in the world. But uh, let's go over some stuff before we get to the Money in the Bank 2010 pay-per-view review. Coming up this weekend, more importantly, it's the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. It's the whole reason why I'm doing it this weekend is that the inaugural Money in the Bank pay-per-view took place 10 years ago this year. Cuts just a couple months off because they've switched the pay-per-view around. They moved Money in Bank up to May when it was initially in July. But anyway, let's go over the card coming up this, well, let's go over the card for this weekend. First match, well, not first match, but one match on the pay-per-view is the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match where they're going to have to climb WWE headquarters and go all the way to the top where there'll be two Money in the Bank briefcases. And these matches, the men's and women's, will be taking place at the same time. The women's one has Asuka, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Carmella in it. Also in it, Daniel and actually, in the men's one is Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, King Corbin, Otis, and AJ Styles. Also on the card, Braun Strowman defending his Universal Championship against Bray Wyatt. Bailey defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Tamina. Drew McIntyre defending his WWE championship against the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins, and just added, uh, this week I'm pretty sure, the New Day defending their SmackDown Tag Team Championships, Big E and Kofi Kingston taking on The Miz and John Morrison, The Forgotten Sons, Steve Cutler and Jackson Riker or Wesley Blake, we'll see what combo they come up with for that match, and the Lucha House Party, Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. It's going to be an interesting card. I'm assuming they're going to add another couple of matches to the card. We might find out who is the hacker. It's been rumored different names swirling around, including CM Punk, Chad Gable, Mustafa Ali. Well, one of the things that I noticed from uh, one of the videos was the passcode he was typing on his phone was 051020. So that is the date of Money in the Bank 2020. That's the thing I'm most intrigued about, and I'm really intrigued, uh, interested in seeing who wins the men's Money in the Bank, because really, I think it could be three different people. It could be Aleister Black, King Corbin, and actually AJ Styles. I don't know. Those are the two that, those are the three that make the most sense to me. Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. I'm assuming Braun's going to retain there. Bailey, I see retaining, but Sasha and Bailey, Sasha's going to get involved and it's going to cause more issues, more of a rift between the two. I'm thinking Drew's going to retain his WWE championship, but uh, should be an interesting Money in the Bank card. I'll have my review up for that on Monday. 
the Money in the Bank pay-per-view emanating from both the Performance Center and WWE headquarters, the men's and women's Money in the Bank ladder matches taking place in WWE headquarters at the same time. Should be interesting. Should be the most unique Money in the Bank pay-per-view of all time. Next time for my retro pay-per-view review, for next week, actually, it will be it will be Slamboree. Slamboree from WCW. Slamboree 2000, the final Slamboree pay-per-view to ever take place for WCW. And this is in the kind of the final full year of existence for WCW. And this is an interesting looking card. It's got some interesting matches on it, to say the least. One of them being David Arquette defending his WCW World Heavyweight Championship against Jeff Jarrett. Actually, it was a it's a handicap match, I think. It was David Arquette and Dallas Page or it was or it was a, just a triple threat match. I don't remember. I don't know. I I'm just looking at the card right now and it says uh it's uh, it was Arquette, Jarrett and Diamond Dallas Page and Arquette was the WCW World Champion at the time. That was the year where the title changed like 3,000 different times, and it was in the bad, bad times of WCW, the final days of WCW. Also on the card for that is Scott Steiner versus Captain Hugh G. Rection. Hugh G. Rection. I am not joking. That's a name. He is defending his United States Heavyweight Championship against Captain Hugh G. Rection. I can't believe I'm saying that. Also on the card, Sting versus Vampiro and Shane Douglas versus Ric Flair. I'll have that one. I'll have that Slamboree 2000 pay-per-view review up on uh, next Friday. It'll be up next Friday. Should be an interesting pay-per-view to go back and watch. And it might be a tough. It might be tough to get through it, but uh, it should be interesting to say the least. And actually, yeah, it took place around this time of year. Actually, it was, it's the 20 year anniversary of it uh, today. And I saw a video online where uh, a famous uh, throw off the cage, Mike Awesome throwing Chris Canyon off the cage onto the entrance ramp. That's scary. I'll cover that. And all the matches, all 10 matches from Slamboree coming up next Friday. But let's get to the review of Money in the Bank 2010. It emanated from the Sprint Center in Kansas City, Missouri. It did a buy rate of 169,000 and 8,000 were in attendance for the inaugural Money in the Bank pay-per-view review. And the show kicks off with uh, Big Show, Matt Hardy, Christian Kane, dashing Cody Rhodes, the IC champ at the time, Kofi Kingston, Drew McIntyre, and Dolph Ziggler. On commentary for the night is Lawler, Michael Cole, and Matt Stryker. And uh, to give you a little bit of a backstory behind the match. Kingston and Rhodes were attacked by the Nexus on that week's NXT show when they had NXT back on Tuesdays and it was more of a kind of a game show format and Kane at this time was in search of his brother's attacker and this match had some interesting and fun spots in it 
And the rivalry, one of the rivalries in the match was Matt Hardy and Drew McIntyre. And everyone tried to attack the big guys from the outset. So they everyone was trying to take out Big Show and Kane early in the match. Some notable spots during it include Christian hip-tossing Ziggler from the top of the ladder. Kofi boom-dropping Drew McIntyre from through the announce table. That was an impressive spot. It was a very cool spot. Uh, Kofi putting Drew through the announce table with a boom-drop off the top of the ladder. And uh, Big Show... This big show gets his big 300-pound ladder, in air quotes, 300-pound ladder, and he struggles to get it in the ring. That was kind of a slow spot in the match. It kind of took a little bit, but he eventually gets it in the ring. Cody takes out Show's leg with a mini ladder, and another big spot was, not a big spot, but a notable spot was uh, Show climbing up the ladder, Kane pushing Show off the ladder and over the top rope. And then the competitors just completely bury Big Show with ladders. And late in the match, Kane chokeslams Christian, Matt Hardy. He gets Kofi off the ladder. He gets Cody off the ladder and uppercuts him. Dolph climbs over Kane up the ladder, gets a sleeper on him. Kane rams Dolph's head against the ladder, chokeslams him into the stack of ladders. Ladders and he choke slams Kofi on the stack of ladders, sends Kofi head first into the armored truck. And then Matt Hardy and Christian are fighting in the ring. Actually, Kane's climbing up the ladder. Matt Hardy and Christian power bomb him. And then Matt and Christian are fighting at the top of the ladder, trying to grab the briefcase. They knock each other off the ladder. McIntyre, he's stirring from the boom drop, he's getting up the ladder. And then Kane climbs up, Kane goozles him, choke slams him off the ladder, and grabs the briefcase and wins the match. And I thought this was a pretty good ladder match. I thought it was pretty good. There were some pretty cool spots with the big the big ladder. And I really liked the idea of trying to take the big guys out of the match early. And Big Show breaking a ladder was also one of a, no, a notable spot in the match. He broke it with his foot trying to step on it, then he slammed it with his hand. That was a really nice visual we got at that point. But I think in this at this point in time, I thought the better choice might have been would have been Drew or Christian. Drew McIntyre or Christian. I didn't really think Kane needed it at this point, but I get why they did it. Because it was trying to get to Kane and Undertaker in a world heavyweight championship match, which that rivalry did not turn out very well uh, later on in uh, 2010. I'm going to give the match a uh, B grade. Good match. Not great, but still. I thought it was a good Money in the Bank ladder match. After that, we get WWE Champion Sheamus with Josh Matthews. And he's gonna. he was asking him about coming to the aid of John Cena when he was uh, being attacked by the Nexus. Man of pride, not stupid. He be- Sheamus believed he was untouchable. And sex, the not, the, not the sexus, the nexus, were soulless, and he's. A, they say the nexus is a threat, but he doesn't respect John Cena. He saved him because he wants to make sure Cena has no excuses, and he's tired of John Cena's pale jokes, and he's gonna give him a beating worse than the nexus. 
has later on in the night. After that, we get Eve Torres versus Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox defending her Divas Championship. And I thought this was an all right match. This Nothing was botched that bad. Nothing really, no really big botches in this match. I thought it was a pretty solid match. And I also thought there was some decent psychology in the match with the back work by Alicia. Alicia actually wins it via scissors kick. Uh, The finish went like this. Eve kicks Alicia down into the mat. She's going for a flipping senton. Alicia gets her knees up. And then, like I said, Alicia hits the scissors kick and gets it done or an axe kick. And uh, that gets the three count. Alicia wins. And this match, I'm going to give it a C+. C plus wasn't bad. After that, they show footage from SmackDown. Kane's looking for Taker's attacker, and he sets his focus on Swagger. Swagger's with his dad. Sucker punches Kane, gets the ankle lock on Kane, does Swagger. Ray hits a 619 on Swagger. Kane goes for a double choke slam. Swagger escapes. His dad ends up eating the choke slam and the tombstone, and I guess. That's the way they, uh, that's, I guess that's why the feud makes sense. Uh, the feud that follows Money in the Bank makes sense after uh, this attack. Because Ray was kind of involved, well, Kane was kind of involved in the Jack Swagger Ray Mysterio storyline. Then they cut to Jack on his phone in the locker room talking to his mom, telling his mom to shut up, that it wasn't his fault this week, and his dad's lived vicariously through him for his whole life, and. His dad got what he deserved, and he says he'll snap Ray's ankle and win the world title tonight. After that, we get the tag team title match for the Unified Tag Team Championships. It's Jimmy and Jey Uso with Tamina versus the Hart Dynasty, D.H. Smith and Tyson Kidd with Natalia in tow. And I thought this match could have used a little bit more time. I thought this was a pretty decent tag team match, but... I didn't think it got enough time, really. And it's really cool to see, though. If you want to go back and watch the Usos and see how they've grown from 2010 up until now, this is a good match to go back and watch because I think this is one of their earlier tag team uh, matches. Well, they're probably their first tag team title shot. And I thought it wasn't bad. It felt like a TV match, in all honesty. But uh, Smith, he made Jimmy tap out with a sharpshooter after Kid uh, took Jay off the apron with a dropkick and then hit him with a uh, diving cross body. But uh, I think this is something you could have saw on TV. And But uh, like I said, it was crazy to see how far the Usos have come since 2010. And if you're interested in seeing how the Usos have grown, i definitely go back and watch this match. It gets a B-minus grade for me. It wasn't bad, and like I said, it could have used a little bit more time, but a fine tag match nonetheless. After that, it's the World Heavyweight Championship match between Rey Mysterio, and he's defending his newly won World Heavyweight Championship against Jack Swagger. And coming into the match, Rey had a torn ligament in his left ankle because Swagger's been constantly attacking it week after week. And Rey won the title from Jack Swagger at Fatal 4-Way, in a match that also involved Big Show and CM Punk. And I actually watched that pay-per-view. I actually bought that pay-per-view, my dad did, back in 2010. And Swagger, he's filed an injunction against WWE for making him defend in a fatal four-way. He's got his rematch. And 
He tried to make Big Show an example by destroying his ankle. And that's where all the ankle stuff started happening because Swagger ended up getting the ankle lock on Ray and hurt his ankle. And then uh, Swagger continued to attack him. And that's pretty much the story is Ray's ankle. Is it going to hold up in this match? Is he going to be able to overcome that? But a couple main big spots in the match uh, was Swagger belly to bellying, belly to bellying Ray off the top, uh, and that kind of hurt Ray's ankle. And then Swagger attacked Ray's ankle after that. It was a turning point in the match. Uh, at one time, they kind of botch a pop-up power slam because Ray turned or Swagger turned wrong and just didn't look good. Later on in the match, Swagger got a long two count after a gut wrench powerbomb. He countered a head scissors into that. And uh, actually, Ray got his foot on the ropes for that. And uh, Ray hits a 619 later on. He goes for the senton, gets caught. Swagger transitions into the ankle lock. Ray gets the rope. And Swagger hits two Swagger bombs as a Vader like bomb. Drags Ray to the middle of the ring, stomps on Ray's ankle. And Ray loosens his boot a la Eddie Guerrero. And Jack goes to lock in the ankle lock before Ray rolls through and his boot comes off as Jack goes throat first into the rope. Ray hits a standing Hurricane Rana, gets the cover, and that's it. I thought it was a really cool callback to Eddie and Kurt because that was the same kind of spot, except there's a different finish this time. Instead of doing a uh, inside cradle, Ray did a Hurricane Rana uh, into a pin. But I thought this was a solid match, a pretty good match. I like the callback. And I just wish there would have been a little bit more work on the ankle because we didn't get a whole lot of that. And this match wasn't didn't feel like it was that long. But uh, it gets a B grade for me. I thought it was a solid match. But following the match, Swagger attacks the ankle and Ray's tapping in the middle of the ring. Kane makes the save, attacks Swagger, and chases him to the back. And then Ray's music hits as he's celebrating in the ring. But then the fire goes off and Kane's music hits and Kane's cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase. And Kane, it's Kane versus Ray versus, for the World Championship. And this, I think, this match ultimately set up Kane's heel turn. And Ray tries to get away early in the match. And Kane drags him back in, slams his leg. He choke slams him and tombstones him. It's academic from there. Kane gets the win. And he is the new, he was the new world champion at the time. I didn't, I'm not going to give it a grade. And at the time, it was the quickest cash-in in history. Actually, it still is the quickest cash-in in history. It's crazy to think. Ten years later, the first Money in the Bank pay-per-view and the quickest cash-in ever is still held by the first ever, well, first ever Money in the Bank pay-per-view ladder match winner in Kane. I'm not going to give it a grade because it wasn't long enough. It was just, it was pretty much just a squash from there because Kane had a very vulnerable Ray and it just gave it the beginning of a heel turn for Kane at the time. Post-match, Edge is watching Kane celebrate his world championship win. Jericho comes up and they argue for a bit. Edge talking about how he's won the briefcase once and then cashed it in twice, and Jericho's talking like, oh, how you, how can you forget? I made up this match. I came up with this match, and talking about how desperate they both are, and he said, Edge says Kane's not going to be the only one cashing in tonight, and Jericho says the same thing, 
And Edge says he's never won, but Jericho's like makes the point of I'm st- I'm more dangerous right now because I haven't won the briefcase. And Edge says, fun is just beginning. And Jericho says, the worst is yet to come. And this is when Jericho was kind of on his way out of WWE for a bit. Because Jericho, I think his run ended around Night of Champions about two months later in a, uh, uh, I think it was a six-pack challenge or a five-way elimination match. Uh, He got eliminated first in that match. But uh, yeah. It was getting ready. They were getting ready for Jericho to transition out. I don't think he returned till around WrestleMania 28. I think the Royal Rumble of 2012. So he was gone for over a year, I think. But uh, after that, we get Kelly Kelly with Tiffany versus the self-professed co-WWE Women's Champions, well, champion, Layla. And she's with Michelle McCool. And it is for the Women's Championship and a couple weeks prior, just to give you a little backstory of the match. Uh, McCool jumped Kelly Kelly backstage by way of a distraction from Layla. And this is the Lay Cool era. And a month before this, well, a month before, this was a month before, actually, before the titles were unified and consolidated into the Divas Championship. When McCool defeated, I'm pretty sure it was Molina at Night of Champions in uh September it was actually about two months afterward, but uh, Layla works the leg at one point in the match. She gets the advantage by pulling the apron out from Kelly Kelly's leg. Layla drop kicks Kelly onto McCool. Layla throws her into the barrier. Kelly pushes McCool off the barricade because McCool's all bragging like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah!" Pushes her off and then attacks Layla. Layla misses an attack in the corner and actually we get a brief Daniel Bryan chant. And just to give you an idea around the time frame this was, I think about a couple weeks earlier, Daniel Bryan got fired from WWE because of the, the infamous attack by the Nexus and Daniel Bryan choking Justin Roberts, the ring announcer, with his tie. But I thought that was a really interesting bit there. They didn't edit that out. They left the Daniel Bryan chant in there. But uh, anyway, back to the match. A K2 hits. Michelle distracts the ref, gets Layla's foot on the rope. It was kind of really awkward. Uh, Kelly and Tiffany shoulder block Michelle on the outside. Actually, Tiffany was tearing Terrell in TNA, but uh, Kelly goes for a sunset flip off the middle rope. Layla kind of screws it up and almost rolls through, giving Kelly the pin. She corrects it, hooks, hooks up the pin, and that's it. This was bad. Don't watch this match. There's quite a few botches, including the cover and the foot on the rope spot. I wouldn't go back to watch it. I'm going to give that a D grade. Don't go back and watch it. You'll be better. You'll be thanking me later. Up next was the Raw Money in the Bank ladder match. And this was a fairly star-studded match. Chris Jericho, Edge, Randy Orton, the U.S. champ, The Miz, Mark Henry, Ted DiBiase, John Morrison and Evan Airborne all involved in this match. And this was around the time where Michael Cole started to become Miz's groupie because he just kept bragging. He kept loving on the Miz, kept giving him all the love in the world. And <laughs> and then uh, the past Monday night was the infamous RKO where Evan Bourne went for the Airborne, the shooting star press, and Orton catches him in the RKO as he was coming down, I watched that spot when it happened live, and man, I was flipping out. It's an awesome RKO. If you haven't 
watched it before, go straight to YouTube and check it out because it is uh, freaking amazing. You gotta watch it. But uh, some notable spots in this match. Orton hitting a hangman DDT on Bourne using the ladder as a platform. Henry pushing down two ladders with two guys on each of them. At one point, Maurice, who was uh, the manager for Ted DiBiase, she tried to climb the ladder. And uh, the best spot, I think, in the match was uh, Miz slingshotting John Morrison into a ladder onto the post. And then he climbs that ladder. That was laying against the post. And then he gets to the top rope, uses another ladder to get to the one that's set up in the ring. It was a very cool spot. That's that's my favorite spot of the match. And another good spot was Edge wedging Morrison inside the ladder and then Miz and, Moore, Miz and Edge hitting him with the ladder. RKO by Orton on Morrison at one point. But then Evan Bourne gets his revenge on Randy Orton because he hits an airborne right after Orton goes down for the RKO. That was really cool. And I liked how they were dressing feuds in this match because Jericho and Edge, they had been feuding for a bit and I they kept it going. But the final stages of this match included uh, Edge and Randy Orton and Chris Jericho. Uh, they're fighting up top. Orton RKO's Jericho off the ladder. Then Orton knocks Edge rib first on an upside down ladder. And then Orton's by himself in the ring in his hometown. He has the briefcase. And Miz pushes him off before he's able to unhook it. And he gets the briefcase. And I loved it. It was, And it also foreshadowed their rivalry coming up later on in the year. Because guess what? Guess who Miz cashed in the money in the bank on? Randy Orton. I liked they had uh, a foreshadowed that rivalry coming up. That was really, really cool. This was a very enjoyable Money in the Bank ladder match. It gets an A-minus grade for me. And there was just many story elements involved in this match, and I liked there was a lot of good spots in this match. And the realistic guys at the time were probably Miz and Morrison, and the Miz won. And... I don't know. I liked, I love the swerve at the end where folks are excited for the hometown boy, Randy Orton, but then Miz swoops in and steals it. That got him a good amount of heat. And you just felt the energy completely change in the building when Miz was climbing up the ladder and getting the briefcase. That was an awesome moment. And as Miz says, this match is pretty awesome. I'd go check this one out. This is the one I'd check out of this pay-per-view. This is definitely... A worthwhile match to go back and watch. Miz winning the Money in the Bank contract. And uh, he cashed in later on in the year on Randy Orton. Miz gets a uh, gets the mic post-match. And it cuts a promo. And is telling everyone, you're living in my moment. And he says that his contract he just won means he made it. And he made Believers out of Cynics. But he, he cut a very good promo, and he was talking about how he was going to become WWE champion. And then after that, it's the main event. The main event of Money in the Bank 2010. And it's John Cena versus Sheamus in a cage match for Sheamus's WWE championship. And uh, back in June, how Sheamus won the world, uh, not the world, but the WWE championship. Uh, Nexus attacked everyone during the Fatal 4-Way involved 
uh, Sheamus, Chris Jericho, Ed, not Chris Jericho, involved Sheamus, Edge, Randy Orton, and John Cena. John Cena was defending his title there. And this is where she, the the Nexus started wreaking havoc. It was about a week or two before, I think, or a week or two or three. Who knows? But uh, the Nexus kind of gave Sheamus an opening to steal the title and pin John Cena at Fatal 4-Way. And Cena actually... Sheamus did actually help John Cena, like I said earlier, but he didn't want to help him at first, but Sheamus realized he was in trouble. But uh, let's get to the match. They were like five minutes into this match. I'm, I'm, I'm no joke. They were five minutes into this match, and they were already acting like they had a ha, they had a 20-minute match. It was just weirdly paced. A uh, couple notable spots. They didn't use the cage enough, in my opinion. They really didn't use the cage. It was just more of like a, a wrestling match inside of a steel cage. I really wish they would have used the cage more in this match. And like JR, not JR, but uh, Lawler made a really good point on the match is the match, the steel cage match is about finality. It didn't really feel like this match was about finality. And it was kind of weird because it didn't feel like there was urgency in the match because it was very slow, very methodical. And... At one point, Sheamus tied Cena up in the ropes, and Sheamus actually tried to climb over him. Uh, Cena stopped him. He had a bulldog off the top rope. They went to the top rope quite a bit during this match, I noticed. Uh, Bulldog got a near fall. Sheamus later on counters an AA into an Irish curse backbreaker, and then Sheamus hits the bro kick. Cena kicks out, of course, goes for the high cross. Cena counters into the AA. Sheamus kicks out. Then the Nexus show up. The Parade shows up. Tarver, he has the bolt cutters. Official Chad Patton steals the bolt cutters and runs away. And then he tries to get the keys away from uh, Jack Doan. Does the Nexus. uh, Doan throws him into the crowd. And then Cena throws Sheamus into Charles Robinson back in the ring. He locks in the STF. Sheamus taps, but there is no official. And then Cena tries to climb out. Gabriel meets him up there, throws Gabriel to the mat, which is a scary-looking spot because Gabriel just got... He just flipped just just in time. And then uh, Cena's climbing over the cage, trying to fight off Tarver and Young. But meanwhile, Sheamus is on the other side, and all he has to do is knock Slater off. Heath Slater, recently released Heath Slater, Knocks him off the cage and escapes. And Sheamus runs away as soon as he escapes. And I didn't think this was that great of a match. It was okay. It was fine. The stuff stuff started getting interesting once the Nexus got involved. And I thought this was a bit of a slog. But uh, this continued the issues between the Nexus and Cena, which ended ended up leading to the burial of the Nexus. At SummerSlam, but I'll get that. I'll get to that at a later time. I'll talk about that pay-per-view SummerSlam 2010 at another time. I'm not going to address the burial of the Nexus right now. The match gets a C plus for me. It wasn't terrible, but it just felt like a slog. Post-match, Cena throws Darren Young against the cage. Three-point stance, running clothesline on. Tar- Excuse me. Running clothesline on Tarver, and uh, he throws the steps at Tarver's head and leaves with the Nexus armband. That's the end of the pay per view. It's 
kind of a weird ending to the pay-per-view. It was just Cena kind of frustrated, which makes sense, which led us to the tag team match coming up at SummerSlam the next month back in 2010. But overall, what did I think of this pay-per-view? I thought it had one real standout match, and that was the Raw Money in the Bank ladder match. It was a star-making match for Miz, which led to his eventual WWE Championship win. Mysterio and Swagger and the SmackDown Money in the Bank matches were also good, just not really close to that level of the Raw Money in the Bank ladder match, in my opinion. And other than that, but other than that, the rest of the card I thought was okay. Uh, the only really bad thing on the show I would completely avoid is Kelly Kelly versus Layla for the Women's Championship. But other than that, really, you can go back and watch this and have a good time watching it. But And you can check that match out on, you can check the pay-per-view out on the WWE Network. Money in the Bank 2010. It gets a B minus grade for me. I hope you enjoyed that review of Money in the Bank 2010. Make sure to listen in to my Slamboree, WCW Slamboree 2000 pay-per-view review, my second retro pay-per-view review. That'll be coming up next Friday should be up next Friday morning, but also be ready for my Money in the Bank pay-per-view review coming up this Sunday. And I'll have my review for that up on Monday. Make sure to uh, follow me on the socials, Facebook and Twitter. I will be live tweeting during Money in the Bank coming up this Sunday. My Twitter is at Sig Daddy Wrestle. My Facebook, it's at Sig Daddy Wrestle also. And if you haven't already, follow me on Instagram. I just put up that page a few weeks ago. It's at SigDaddy.Wrestle. And more importantly, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to my podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many more podcasting platforms. And make sure to give me a five-star review if you like the show. Hopefully you do. So give me that five-star review. That's going to do it for me for this episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. Until next time, this is Sig Daddy signing off. Thanks for listening. And so long, everybody.